From Courtside the Virtual Hardwood, it's the NLSC Podcast, episode number 391. Andrew with you once again. I am Andrew in the forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. My co-host is Derek. You know him in the forum as Deeper3 and he is Deeper384 on Twitter. I'm happy to be here again. Uh, I wanted to kick off the show actually and talk about the NLSC NBA Live 10 tournament that we've been running now. I think the first games were played uh, on, I want to say, August 28th. And you had your first two games of your first round series against um, B-Train, NLSC user B-Train. And, uh, yeah, I heard they went well. They did. It's it's uh, very refreshing, actually, to uh, to have no input lag at all, uh, which is not to say that I don't enjoy playing with you and, and others. It has been our kick. It's been so great. A lot of people, more, more and more people getting into it all the time. Uh, the games with B-Train were, were fun and competitive. Uh, we both pulled out and, and had double-digit wins uh, at the end. Spoilers. But in any case, uh, they were very competitive games, very fun, very clean. Uh, we... There was, a, there was a moment where he got a very unfair backcourt violation, so I got one as well to give the ball back to him, which is something that you and I have done for each other at times as well. Uh, just this is the kind of thing you can do with a, a smaller community tournament that you don't see in the online scene. But yeah, playing with somebody else in Australia, uh, that input lag was not there at all. It was very much like playing somebody locally, like on the same console, sitting next to you on, on the couch. So I was actually able to get a taste of uh, what it's like to uh, to not be in a country that's isolated and has connections to the rest of the world that are still 10 years behind or something like that. Uh, it's uh, one-to-one, so it's going to be a... Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to bring it because it, it's uh, he's he's learned how... He's he's picked up uh, Paige's uh, shooting form now, and that's, uh, that's a real problem for me with the Bulls and not so many outside gunners because, of course, they lost Gordon that year before... Uh, the season before was his last in Chicago, and he's moved on to Detroit in uh, the 2010 rosters. So, yeah, I'm going to have to bring it moving forward. Ben Gordon, I know you love Ben Gordon. Uh, yeah. He was also one of my favorites to watch, too. I was a fan of Ben Gordon, that epic series with the Celtics. I, I do want to point out, uh, we really lucked out with B-Train be, living in Australia uh, and being able to, because I had to redo the bracket to make sure you had a first-round matchup with a great connection. And I was able to match you up with B-Train in the first round on the same side of the bracket as me, and we, we know that it works well. Um, when you connect with me. So um, if I'm to get by Ermoli, I would be playing you in the second round, and then you'd still have a good connection. But, um, yeah, we really lucked out with that. And he seems like a great guy as well, and it seems like you guys had really good sportsmanship, and it was a really good um, couple games. Uh, I can't believe how smooth everything has gone with this tournament and how great the games have been and how awesome all the users have been um, uh, as far as sportsmanship goes and whatnot. You, you've watched the highlights that I've sent over from games between um, Sluggy Sports and Q. Um, that series is now over. Um, Q has moved on to the second round. Um, he won 3-0 in that series. Um, you, you saw the games from Manny Live and Caps 4872. That series right now is 2-1, to one, Caps 4872, who's using um, the uh, Cavs. And Manny, who's using the Jazz, so Cavs are up two to one, and you've you've seen those highlights. My God, is it entertaining? Like the games are entertaining, no doubt. And people will say, "Oh, look, older game, older animations," and certainly the animation variety in Live Ten is not like Two K Twenty One, but they still look pretty good for the time, and they still hold up pretty well. 
and it's it's not just the the fancy animations or the uh, and, and certainly that's important moving forward and that was a, a problem and has been a problem with live as it attempted to come back on the past generation as we've said so many times but the moments and the back and forth and and making those big dunks you know <laughs> those poster dunks on defenders and, and making those big plays when it matters most the context which is what we talk about with the nlc top 10 plays of the week that you curate as well it's it's those moments and the, the overall the bigger picture if you will of the game and what they mean to the game to make those highlights but just the way you put them together and and the games that the people are playing and with that back and forth and that competitive spirit and, and yes i absolutely have to give it to the community on this one because the game is life Stand holds up well we've talked about how much we we've been impressed and how it's been our retro kick for so long this year a sustained retro basketball gaming kick for it and we've talked about how great parsec is but what really makes it is the people participating and the, the goodwill and the good sportsmanship and the excitement the enthusiasm the just having fun which is what it's all about and it's it's kind of a lost art in the the days of grinding up a player and microtransactions and here we go <laughs> you know ragging on that again but it, but it's true you know that, that pure fun enjoyment of playing virtual basketball in a basketball video game is what it should be all about and we're seeing that in the tournament and look maybe that's tooting our own horn with this for, you know, look what we've created but honestly i think this this shows this is what people want and this is why it has sometimes 2k online scene being so toxic how it's falling short you know you can see that people want to play each other and have great times on the virtual hardwood and it, it shouldn't be about grinding ridiculously long to have fun yeah i mean you're seeing how much fun can be had um, with that human, human human versus human experience without the grind, without the artificial boosts, um, without um, the, you know, wearing a headset and, you know, those toxic attitudes and all of that stuff. Like, you're seeing what it can be like. Um, In a 12-year-old game. It feels like a low... In a 12-year-old game. game, right. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a real game, and it's like a, it feels like a real game often, real competition, and it's a 12-year-old game. And look how much fun these guys are having. I showed you, um, and you're, you're in the chat, and, you know, some of the comments from Manny Live and, and Cavs4872 from their games, you know, talking about, oh, my God, this is such a great game, and wow, I can't, what a series, and, and they're talking about, like, plays during the game, things that happened, and to wanting to have a blooper reel um, from the crazy stuff that's happened um, in their series. I mean, Darren Williams went for 53 points on Cavs 4872 and, and Manny won that game, um, game two. And Cavs 4872 is such a good sport about it. Like, he was like, I couldn't stop Darren Williams. You played amazing with Darren Williams. That's awesome. He went for went for 44 points with Darren Williams the next game. Q was averaging 37.5 points per game for through the first two games in the um, Lakers versus Heat Series versus Sluggy Sports. And Sluggy Sports was a great sport about it, about Kobe being great in that series. It's just, this is what people really want, right? They don't want that grind. They don't want all the artificial boosts, the frustrating mechanics, all the, the you know, all the canned animations, all the, um, all the really frustrating, like, sluggish movement that happens so often. You know, the slow motion side-by-sides. They don't want that, Right. Um, it's just been kind of pushed on people, and now that's what the online gaming scene is now in NBA 2K, right? But man, like watching these games, luckily, so just so people understand, I've been hosting all the games 
outside of so every series outside of andrew and b trains because they're going to have a direct connection that's what works the best they're both in australia and b train sends me the highlight excuse me sends me the full games and i cut up the highlights so that's how that works but i've had a front row seat to the full games between sluggy sports and q um and Cavs 4872 and manny live and obviously to my own games with Ramoli and it's just been an amazing tournament and everybody's just been having so much fun and it's just inspired me to do so many more tournaments after this. I'm looking forward to that as well. We've already talked about jam being the next game jam 2010, most likely, although we do love on fire edition and have some more stories about that to talk about this week. That's uh, logistically, that's a bit tougher because it needs to be owned uh, on, on the console, the original console or indeed the, 360 or, or uh, xbox uh, one and, and streamed using the companion app to the pc and parsec so if, a few extra steps and of course you actually can't be using an emulator for that so so it's a bit tougher but we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it we'll certainly be testing out some games and then put it out to the community as to what they'd like to try and we'll see what what works for everybody but, but once again the goodwill has just been fantastic the sportsmanship and look everyone's competitive we can all have moments of frustration. I, I can certainly attest to that. And, you know, in, in sessions that we've played, you know, <laughs> sometimes I can get frustrated if it's, uh, you know, if, if it's a bad day or, or you just uh, haven't eaten anything. And you're a bit hangry, as the case may be. And, of course, we're all competitive. We want to win. But, you know, I'm, I'm there playing B-Train, and uh, we're going back and forth with, with Rose and, uh, and CP3. And it's just this great duel. And, and he's doing a lot of stuff with CP3 and just... I'm not I'm, you know, having real trouble containing CP3, a young CP3, as you would expect. And I'm not getting, oh, you know, this is terrible and he's cheating and cheating. He wasn't. He was playing to the strengths of the game and CP3. And I'm like, man, I've got to, what am I going to do? Like, I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm strategizing, okay, how, what is my counterpunch? You know, I'm sure he was doing the same with Rose as well on, on the other end. And then he starts hitting threes with Pedro in game two. And I'm like, okay, wow. I'm in trouble. I, what, what am I going to do to, to counterpunch this? And it was this great, as I say, back and forth. And even though the scores weren't close at the end of both games, I think we both played the game. The games we won, we both played very well. The winner played very well, and uh, and, and certainly the loser uh, put up their best fight as well. You know, it's just one of those things. Sometimes you're not making the shots. You, you've been there with Dirk. <laughs> you've been screwed over with Dirk in the live ten before. It's just the way it goes sometimes, as in real life. But it's it wasn't frustrating like. Oh, you know, and this person, this, and you're not, you're not being that person flipping the board in Monopoly. You know what I mean? You, you're you're trying to think of right. that strategy to to win, and you're like, okay, man, you know, he's whew, CP3. What what am I going to do? And Pager, what am I going to do? And and you're coming up with a strategy, and it's uh, it's it's fun. It's it's not a frustrating. Oh, this person with an OP build online is just cheesing the curry slide behind the screen and, and greening a three from forty feet out over and over again. It's this person is using these players to the best of their ability, these real players to the best of their ability, what am I going to do to counter this and try and win? And moving forward, I'm going, to, I'm going to have to bring it. I'm going to have to bring it, plain and simple. It's the knowledge of the, you know, the other fun part of this as opposed to like that online toxic scene that you're talking about is you got to know the players and you got to know your team and you got to try to use them to their strengths. And there's so much more enjoyment for me tenfold in using a team and playing against like it, like trying to use all five players in conjunction the right way right like there's like for me that's a better experience like you know one person controls a team the other person controls the other team and you go at it i've never been into the whole i use one player right 
the whole time. And, um, uh, just with, you know, other human players around me, but, you know, just use one player the whole time. And that's what I control. Like, so for me, I like the idea of doing like five on five, one person controls a team, another person controls a team. So I just wanted to point that out. Number two, how great has Parsec been? Oh, it's been fantastic. We, we, we can't, we can't praise it enough. Are you kidding? Like, I, I, I can't believe we didn't find this out earlier as far as like how great this program is. I listed all the people I've connected with. I think it's around 18 now. And I, and you're included on that list because we've had some, we've had a great connection overall. Like mm, we've agreed. had some great games on NBA Live 10. We've played NBA jam OFE off of my Xbox. We've played um, NBA jam 2010. We've played some other games, all 18 people. I've had a great connection with everybody that I've tried to connect with. It just had a great connection and it's been so fun. And um, if for some reason, when I hosted, the other person had maybe a little bit of input lag, we flipped it and had them host and that, that connection was fixed. For example, when sticky fingers, um, I think it would probably work better now, but when sticky fingers connected with me um, and I was hosting, it wasn't that great for him on his end. So we switched it and had him host. And then we played a game and it was really good for both of us. And I even posted the highlights of that. We were using the NBA 2K19 classic teams rosters. It's just, I am blown away with how it's a free application um, with just how well it's worked. And Christ, I mean, we've had now, we played NBA Jam on Fire, excuse me, Jam 2010, four users connected with me hosting on Parsec. And how amazing was that experience? That worked great. That was very surprising, especially seeing the struggles we had with Live 10, which there's more data, there's more packets going back and forth. So that's that's a, an issue with when you already have a connection issue to begin with, such as a connection from Australia to the rest of the world. Yeah, I think you're, yeah that Australian connection. Um, I, I, but, no, no surprise, unfortunately. Yeah, um, but NBA Jam 2010 it just worked great with four users connected to it. We played NBA 2K17, me, Ermoli, and Cavs 4872. We played 2K17, all three of us on the same team on blacktop. It worked beautifully. It just worked awesome. And I'm just doing this, and I'm like, how did we not find this out before? Like, yeah, why weren't we doing yeah. this before? This is amazing. Um, so I've been just trying to connect with everybody, but definitely you know major props to those those at parsec you know those who worked on that and again we're not getting paid to say this they're not getting any money for the program which is incredible so we just want to put it out there because we've had so much fun with it and we know what how much fun you can have with it so we we just want to let people know about it and continue to uh, to give them props and to promote it in our own way because as we're having fun with it and those videos that you've been putting together, you can see them on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash NBA Live Series Center, of course, the NLC's YouTube channel, and check, of course, check out uh, yours, Deeper 3, on YouTube for uh, additional highlights that you've been doing, of course, with your brothers and whatnot, and, and other connections that you've had. Um, yeah, it's it's just been a blast to play all, all, all yeah. these games. And, and again, tournament's going great, and, and, and yeah, th- thank you to everybody who's participating, and, and B-Train for being a, a, a great opponent so far, and it's going to be a great series the rest of the way whatever happens um you know i'm not i'm not counting my chickens either i'm gonna have to bring it as i said um but yeah it, it's been great for live 10 absolutely right so 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 people understand real quick too is um so the first round is a five game series second round is a five game series and then the finals is going to be a seven game series so that's the kind of the structure right now um i did upload a really good video that i want people to check out i actually lost this game to at bball video games on twitter um he's a big retro gamer like you and i 
and um, I uploaded an NBA 2K10 gameplay video. We, Him and I connected over Parsec. We used the 9697 mod, which is one of the best mods I've ever played. It's an amazing mod. The detail on that mod is unreal. The fight from the faces to the jerseys to the courts, um, everything is just an amazing mod. It comes with the NBA on NBC scoreboard. It's fantastic. So he had never played that mod before, and he was blown away by it. Um, but we connected, and we played, and I was using the Bucks with young Ray Allen, um, and he was using the Trailblazers, and just the highlights from that game are unreal, and NBA 2K10 has also aged incredibly well. Uh, it was a really loose, fun gameplay experience, and I think that if you haven't checked out that gameplay video, to, like he said, go to you know my D for free YouTube channel and check that out, because the, the highlights came out great. And of course, the top 10. It's great to see the, the love for the top 10 that you do, of course, getting uh, getting that depreciation on, on YouTube and, of course, on social media as well, on, on Twitter and Facebook. But it, it's great to see the response to that. Once again, a lot of goodwill there. Nobody's upset about ranking or complaining about the ranking at all. They just loved seeing the highlights and everybody else's highlights as, as well. There's that really cool and one street ball highlight from you and uh, the Live King in there this uh, this week which I definitely uh, recommend, always recommend checking out the top 10, of course, but you'll uh, want to check that out. Uh, amazing flurry for the number one play. It's uh, <laughs> Dunking Frenzy, which is uh, really really cool to see. Uh, just love the response to, to all the video content that we've been doing, as, as well, of course, the articles and everything else that we normally do. But the branching out into some more video content, which you've been spearheading, uh, it, it's been really great. Yeah, I'm really loving the top 10, and thanks for all the submissions and all the people that are getting into it. Um, I, I do get a lot of um, of submissions, um, whether it comes through Twitter or from the NLSC via private message or anything like that. And I love that people are getting into it. I think, you know, we talked before the call, and I said to you, I said, I think what people dig is watching other people, you know, having fun. And they can see through those highlights that make it into the top 10 whether it's, you know, two human users teaming up or humans against each other or whatever, um, they can see fun. And that's always going to click with people. And so I think that um, the best thing about the top 10 is, you know, people are seeing that, uh, you know, other people are having fun. And it's not always with the new game. They're having fun breaking out those older games, those older fun games, um, the games that had a little bit less frustration or less toxic, all of that stuff. So um, I really enjoy putting the top 10 together every week, and I can't believe that this week was week 16, mm. how time flies. Absolutely, this year, no, no question. It's a, yeah, um, but yeah, no, I enjoy it, so keep sending me your highlights. Uh, that's been great. Oh, I wanted to make mention one more thing on Parsec, just for those who don't understand its capabilities i've had multiple people now connect with me when they use a macbook like they have a Mac. video games yeah he's, he's a mac user yeah 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 and what people need to understand is no those people can't host on parsec but they can connect with you and i've had amazing experiences um with people like Cavs 4872 um at basketball video games i believe has a macbook as well um he connected with me last time i think on it people using wi-fi uh, multiple people have connected with me on using just Wi-Fi, not wired in, and they've had an amazing experience with very little or no input lag. So pretty amazing stuff. But no, thanks for bringing up the top 10. I, I think it's been going really well. Oh, it continues to uh, delight all of us. I'm always interested to see what uh, what makes the cut. And of course, I well, you get to see it before anybody, naturally, since you're putting it together, but then I get the, that uh, 
uh, that second look at it in the community uh, as it goes up. So it's it's always very cool and and highlights what you were talking about, which is having fun with games. And it it sounds like such a maybe a cheesy or an obvious thing to talk about, but again, with all that focus on on the grind and the online scene, that toxicity that comes with the OP builds. What camera angle you're using? Oh, you're using uh, using broadcast camera. Yeah, because that's what I like. <laughs> so there's there's so much that's going into playing these games the quote-unquote right way and having this competitive meta and all that stuff that goes into the online scene that makes it gatekeeping and elitist, then the recurrent revenue mechanics. The reason that we do bang on about these things is that they we can see that how much they've actually affected fun, and that's a shame. And so we're you know trying to do what we can to bring it back with tournaments like this and and celebrate gaming look we're always going to criticize games and look we're going to be going through the 2k22 news shortly and and giving our thoughts on that and what we're expecting to see next week when 2k22 comes out but we do want to celebrate gaming as well and have fun with them our content ultimately as much as we're going to have that constructive criticism derek i've always wanted the nlc's content to be a a celebration and an enjoyment of games, of basketball games. Originally NBA Live, as we were the NBA Live Series Center, NBA Live fan site. But now, as we've expanded to encompass the whole uh, virtual hardwood, then you know we, we want to have the, those positive experiences and celebrate those and highlight those as well. You need to have both. There needs to be that balance. Yeah, and and you know, I think one of the things is the NLSC has turned into such a modding destination that some of that stuff fell off. Mm. So, you know, people seeing people having fun with the games, like playing the games. And, um, you know, like you said, it became less about a celebration of basketball gaming. It became, you know, like playing the games and like the history of the games and all of that stuff. And it became more about modding and a celebration of modding and less about gameplay. And I think that, I think that a balance can be achieved that celebrates both. Oh yeah, mud- think- mudding's always going to be a big part of what we do. No question. Yeah, and you it's and I great. And by the way, yeah, I'm going to be getting. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get into modding again. You know, with NBA 2K22, I said that. You know, I'll probably be making faces right out of the gate. I'm going to try to make some cyber faces and whatnot because I feel like I was getting a little bit better at it. Um, you're going to be making. You're going to be making some more smoking faces. I'm, I might. I might make the mask again. Terrible or Jim convert it or something I did. like that. <laughs> that wasn't that bad. Yeah, for an Australian. Yeah, that wasn't I, I have a lot of an accent to uh, overcome here. So it's... Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I might, might do that again. But no, I think that we can find the right balance. And I think that with the top 10 and, you know, people seeing those highlights and wanting to submit highlights and then seeing all the Parsec tournaments and the Parsec games and all of that stuff, it's it's really showing a celebration for video games and basketball video games and its history. And also it kind of shows that we're not always negative. Are we? Oh no. You know, we're always see, I want people to understand that is sure. We give critiques and whatnot, but there's a reason why we do that. And I think that that's important feedback to get out as long as it's presented the right way. You got to understand that we love basketball video games. <laughs> We love we love basketball video gaming and look how much fun we're having with an older 12 year old title right now um, in a tournament, you know, with NBA Live 10 and all the videos that you've seen me upload with be between NBA 2K10 or NBA Jam OFE or, you know, Dan Marley going off in NBA Live 95. Uh, we love basketball video games. It's not like I, I don't know. I, I've seen I've heard people say that, you know, 
they've listened and they're like, oh, you guys are too negative. You know, there's a reason for that sometimes when it comes to the newer titles. Sometimes, sometimes you do have to, you know, the news isn't always great. And, and certainly the, the news deserves to be critiqued or the previews deserve to be critiqued and taken with a grain of salt because it's, and we're seeing more, we're seeing a lot more people on Reddit and social media. You know, it's not just bashing or hating this. They're realizing that we've heard some of this stuff before in the developer blogs and you feel that cynicism and that skepticism come through and it's, it's healthy to a certain extent, you know, but we, yeah, we don't want to just be the old man yelling at cloud. We, sometimes we want to be the old man waving friendly at the friendly, friendly way at the cloud. Um, yeah, we do want to have that fun as well. And, and to that point, before we get to the 2k22 news, I do want to circle back to one fire edition. Cause we had another fun session where the, uh, the West was one, shall we say we beat all the Western challenges. Well, not the platinum challenges yet. We'll get to those in time. I'm sure. But we, we did play some more on Fire Edition Road Trip. Uh, my favorite moment from that, Derek, was breaking the backboard with Sean Kemp. What, what a f- another fant- fantastic game, fun game with the Sonics. And there on Team Fire, the backboard just exploding with Sean Kemp. We have broken the backboard a few times before. And I think the, la- the first time we did it, we was with the Sonics, but it was Peyton breaking it, which was still nice. But it was like, this, this doesn't feel quite right. It should have been Kemp. But that was such... An amazing moment because we've been trying for it. We've gone, okay, let's have how many dunks and alley-oops can we do? Because we know it's usually around about 30 that triggers that in the fourth quarter that triggers the, the backboard breaking because it's kind of random. But we got it to happen. It was a great play. And yeah, I just, that, that I, yeah, it loved it. Play that led. It was, yeah, too, it was a yeah. great play that led to it. Um, I believe that we had a defensive stop. I have to um, rip that out of the um, long video and, and actually. Um, put that in a sa- and save that into a folder possibly post it on twitter as well and maybe youtube but um no i believe it became it was a defensive stop in a give and go and then the the alley-oop that broke it and it was a really loud break it was a really loud dunk um by kemp that did it and on team fire as well so it's the blue flame right yeah i mean we have a really good system going with me using a guard or a wing and you using a big guy and that works with julia serving and daryl dawkins on the 76ers and garnett and ray allen or bird or whatever um when we use the celtics um yeah it's been how fun has ofe been you know through the road trip and you now we've you know we, we we beat the west and again i don't want to keep talking about how great parsec is but pretty awesome that we can do this we did have a small issue when i tried to have us choose a different team and it was i was like you know what andrew's a bulls fan pippin's on the bulls let's use rose and pippin and i was like i'll use the guard and you use pippin as the guy that can somewhat protect the rim and then also sky for dunks and it didn't work as well as i had hoped no i, I was holding back a little bit not having that big wasn't wasn't as aggressive as we were talking about before the uh, before the show so it's yeah, it didn't work out. It was also the silver challenge, so it stepped it up. We were trying out a new duo on the harder the step up from bronze, which which is sometimes a noticeable step up depending on the team that you're facing and any uh, remix conditions that are added in road trip, of course. But um, like like you said when we were talking about it before the call, we probably could have won a rematch, but we decided to go back to one of our duos that uh, which was the seventy sixes, I believe, at that time that we know our strategy works with. Yeah, we we kicked butt with Irving and Dawkins. Um, you're really, really good at blocking. Oh, wait, I want to point something out before we even talk about that. Your block spree with Sean Kemp was unreal. <laughs> that was very satisfying. Very. Um, <laughs> that was, was that a silver or a gold challenge? Wasn't that the gold challenge? Oh, I, th- I'm, I can't remember. 
it might have been silver because I was on fire, so I could just block shots. I could goaltend because I was on fire as well. That, so. that timing, you had in that third quarter, you must have had like twelve or thirteen blocks in that one quarter. I don't care. I don't care how. I, I don't care if that's an exaggeration. I felt like you were blocking absolutely everything, and I think there was one possession where you had like five blocks. Um, we and for, it was yeah. super impressive. We forced a yeah. shot clock violation on that one. Yeah, which is hard to do in that game to force a shot clock violation, but you really have to keep blocking them. Um, we have a good system going because I average like 15 to 30 steals a game and you get the blocks at the rim and it works really well. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought that was impressive. I, I got to get those highlights up at some point. Uh, but you know, we're, we're pretty good with Irving and Dawkins. That works really well. They're kind of, they've been our go-to apart from Kemp and Payton. And of course we do have, uh, as you said, Bird and uh, KG on the Celtics since we've unlocked Bird. But, man, what, what about the uh, the Twin Towers from San Antonio? Duncan and, and Robinson were... They, they were tough. We got them in the second game, but, man, that was close. That was that was a tough one. So in the first game, that was a gold challenge, and we went against David Robinson and Tim Duncan, and it was the challenge where threes are only worth two points, but dunks and two-pointers two are worth three points. So we were like, you know what? I mean, we'd be dumb not to use Irving and Dawkins here. So we used them, but... I swear, I swear about 90% of our dunk attempts were blocked mm-hmm. in that first yep. gold challenge game. And we lost by like 15 to 20 points. And that's not like us because we usually beat the gold challenge, gold challenge now on the first try um, or at the very least the second try. But then we were like, you know what, we'll rematch them. And we won in the second game, surprisingly, um, against them. But boy, D- Duncan and Robinson are a force. They block so much at the rim. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it, it stands to reason. They, they were quite a duo, even though Robinson was on the downside of his career, obviously, at that point. But we, we did uh, uh, we prevailed in that challenge, and we will be uh, going, moving on to the East challenges now, of course, and then I suppose at the end of the Platinum. But also, how fun is it when we're up big, and especially on the easy challenges when it's really... The bronze challenges where it's about uh, just having some fun and just destroying the CPU, and, and then and pulling, out the, uh, pulling out the trick shots, pulling, pulling out those shots, and uh, like... Hugo, me using Hugo the Hornet and hitting that shot sitting down from three. Yep, or the the, the big wind up, like you're winding up a punch, you know, in an old uh, Keystone yeah. Cops movie or something. Yeah, they're so smooth. There's so many nice touches to the to NBA Jam on Fire edition. It's just it's such a great game. Um, I've really enjoyed it, and I've been connecting with other people with um, on that and NBA Jam 2010. Uh, but I, I did want to bring up something really quick, though. Um, yes, I did get to use Hugo the Hornet, and I, you, you know how much I love using mascots. Oh, yeah. Um, and I will continue to use mascots. Um, but I want to touch on something modding-wise, because, yes, the NLSC is still a lot about modding. I am so damn impressed with the mods that were made for games like 2K10 and 2K11, the 91-92 mod for NBA 2K11, and the 96-97 mod for NBA 2K10. Listen, we didn't have crazy modding resources, and at that time, when those games were, you know, at the, in their cycle, and I'm just looking at these mods, and these are some of the most complete roster mods I've ever used in my entire life. They are so amazing, and I just want to applaud the creators of those mods and say thank you basically because we've had so much fun with them and i'm starting to connect with people using those mods too using parsec and whatnot and they're blown away by them i just i'm just so impressed with the modding community yeah a lot of early stuff and and you know uh, again hate to kind of put that negative spin on it here i go old man yelling at cloud but 
at the time we were still very close to our roots as a modding community so there wasn't that people trying to make money off it as well it was, so there was a bit more goodwill in the community about that and that, that is something that we're bal- trying to balance out and counteract and and encourage the old ways and and if people want to put tip jars and everything that's understand that that's fine obviously and look we've got tip jars and things on the site to help out with the the hosting costs and everything so look i'm not going to be too hypocritical about that but we do see some practices in the modern community in recent years probably over the last five or six years that that haven't been healthy for the modern community and has kind of caused those rifts and a lot a lot of problems with uh, with people wanting payment and everything for it but back then just the the beauty of making those complete mods and just doing it for the love of the, the artistry. Um, can I just point that out? The complete part, accurate. Like the the, the attention to detail on them. Oh yeah, that it just blows me away. Because you can tell. Listen, you can when you play a mod, you can usually tell how much heart was put into it. Oh right? for sure, yeah. Like real true effort. And I just I'm playing these, and I'm just like these mods stand out as absolutely unbelievable. They're just amazing, and I can agree with that. I, I think that. Um, I think modding at times can get very toxic today. But when I joined the community um, back in 2000 and um, in 2014 was when I was super active, um, it wasn't really like that. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I feel like it was um, more fair and balanced and there wasn't um, as much of the, you know, PM me for payment. <laughs> PM me for this request, um, you know, oh, you want a password? Well, you know, you'll have to donate to get that. You know, like like there wasn't that type of stuff going on. Um, I've, and... I've said that in articles, and I've said because I don't like the use of passwords in general. And the, the reason I've always hit back against it is I've said PM me for the password or DM me for the password is only a few steps away from send me a few bucks for the password. And we're starting to see that. And right we will shut it down look we don't want to drive talented modders away from the community and we understand that people are going to use other platforms to do all kinds of practices that we don't agree with look we have to have some principles we're going to abide by those principles so that we can continue on with it we don't get shut down or in legal trouble and certainly just to pre- to preserve fairness for the community because not everybody has money to pay for mods and there's a lot of reasons why we don't allow charging for mods and why because there's always those people, and you know this very well, Derek, people that say people deserve to be compensated for their time for making mods, which is funny because then people will say, I don't want people editing my my hard work. And like, aren't you doing that to the work of the developers, technically? You know, And I, I say that as someone right. who's created a lot of mods over the years, we have to also keep in mind what we are doing here. You know, just just putting it out right, there. Exactly. Listen, how you know, if you want to make money making mods make amazing mods that are free and open source to the community and get noticed. How about that? You know, maybe you get noticed by 2K. Maybe yeah. you're Razor, right? Maybe you're the next Razor. Maybe you get noticed by EA Sports, and maybe they need somebody in art, you know, for an upcoming game if in 2052. I don't know. Like, the, the thing is, is that you can still aspire to make something you know you know, per, be, become in you know be part of video games or something like that um or like be noticed by 2k or, or ea sports you can do that by making great open source mods is it worth it doing it the way that they're doing it right like i don't it's it's not worth it in my opinion 
Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand. And, you know, a lot of these people, I've talked to many modders, and they use things like AdFly, right? Yeah. And they use the, um, these ad sites. They sign up for them, and they get paid per click. And these guys sometimes make just a few bucks. Is it worth it? Is that few bucks that you're making worth it to, you know, put the end user out, you know, and frustrate them? And all of that stuff is just, I have a lot of feelings about, uh, feelings about this, but uh, unfortunately the community has moved in that direction of, yeah, there's still a lot of great people who make great free open source mods, but there's a good, there's a, there is a fair amount of people that are doing whatever they can to make a buck off of their mods. And let's put it that. And, and look, I, I do agree. This could be a whole show, obviously that we could discuss these issues and perhaps we will at some point in the future when we don't have some, uh, uh, more news to talk about this week, obviously. But people talking about deserving payment for mods and earning and everything, I understand the sentiment. As somebody who has made a lot of mods for free over the years, and will continue to do so as I get back into it, I understand where they're coming from. But when you talk about deserving payment for what for what you've done, for your work and everything, are you also going to pay for a platform to share those mods? Because whether it's the NLSC discord or facebook a facebook group you are using a free service are you not you are not paying anything to use the nlsc as i don't want you to i want us to be free or facebook or discord all that is free are you paying for the tools you're using are you using a free uh, a free graphics program such as uh, applications such as uh, gimp or paint.net or indeed a pirated copy of photoshop as i'm sure some people in the community have over the years and also, are you paying for any of the assets you use? If you know, you're just grabbing uh, photos and everything off the internet, and you're using a lot of other people's likenesses, are you paying for likenesses of players that aren't in the game that you're putting in there? You're doing a lot of stuff where other people could be asking for payment for what you're doing, and you want no overheads, but you want 100% profits. I'm sorry, that's not the way it works in the world of business or, or in commerce. So that's another thing to think about, that you want everything for free, but you want people to pay you think about how fair that is that's what i'll say for now right yeah i mean we could go we could talk about this for a while we should uh, at some point <laughs> at some point right exactly um but anyway i do want to point out that there's been a lot of great mods and there's still a lot of great work being done in the community we've talked about like the 2k19 rosters um we've talked about the free open short um open source thunder shack rosters for 2k20 um we've talked about uh you know the rosters that have been, you know, the, that they started on 2K17 um, for updating it to, like, the 2021 season. Um, I believe, uh, what was it, 707 was actually st- who started that. Um, he was he was working on that roster for a while. Um, but, no, there's still a lot of good mods being made and open source mods and people who aren't acting out like we just discussed. Um, and so I, I do want to commend those people. Absolutely. Uh, and, again, it's it- not a- it is important that we commend the people who are doing what we feel the, the right and just thing. So, no, absolutely. And, uh, and you know, more power to you, and, and thank you for being a part of our community. And for other people, uh, please do think about what we said, because it, all snark aside and, and uh, accusations aside, you know, we do this for the health of the modern community, and we, we do want people to be, to be fair with each other about this, and, and to us as the hosts and to the community at large. So uh, please do think about the, the other side of the coin as well. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I will say again, though, um, connect with me on Parsec if you haven't already, if you want, if if you, you know, have a PC and have always wanted to try some of the mods that, 
you never were able to get your hands on, or maybe you don't own NBA 2K10 and want to connect with somebody who does, um, you know, connect with me um, on so we can play some 2K10 and 2K11 so I can show you how amazing these mods are. Indeed, and it's great to showcase these old mods uh, as well moving forward. But uh, as we move forward to NBA 2K22 coming out September 10th, which is next week, it's been an abbreviated preview season, as we've talked about before. Very rushed, a big uh, info dump this week. Uh, But we started out with a gameplay reveal trailer, Derek. And I have to admit, I I can't get excited for these because they're always the same thing. They're cinematic angles, gameplay from cinematic angles. They've got cool effects and everything, nice production values. I don't want to downplay the work that has gone into them. Um, you know, I, I've tried my hand at mixes and, and, and reels and things like that. I, I, I certainly appreciate anyone who's putting in the effort. And, you know, it, I, it's, it's an area that I'm still trying to polish my skills at. So I'm certainly not about to <laughs> look at this. This is what passes for a reel these days. No, it's not about that. It, it's just about it doesn't excite me because it it's it's cinematic. And and even, even raw gameplay, Derek, doesn't excite me that much. And there have been some gameplay leaks and video leaks this week as well. But nothing really compares to getting the game in your hands which we're not going to do because there's no demo this year so it's one of those things where between cinematic trailers and developer blogs i'm my skepticism is not going to go away i'm still going to take everything with a grain of salt until i see until i have the game in my hands and i experience it for myself but i mean it's a nice enough trailer but i I just can't get excited about it anymore like i said um on the forum and on twitter this that that trailer could easily be labeled uh 2k21 cinematic replays with updated rosters work in progress like it could easily be labeled that and be 100 percent believable mm. because the lighting and overall the the graphics all of that stuff in the trailer um lonzo ball is with the pelicans and josh richardson is with the mavericks um so that's why i said work in progress updated rosters because they're not updated um, but he's so also on the ball, so they, they kind of didn't. They, they're using some old footage and new footage on that one as well. Yeah, it's very, yeah, it's very strange. Um, but yeah, I, nothing impresses me about that. It doesn't tell us anything about the gameplay. Nothing. Um, nothing new. The eight-second video that was shown of actual NBA 2K22 gameplay—you could see it was real because it was the new updated scoreboard. Um, actually did the opposite of intrigue me uh, because the players are skating and floating around the court again and they're kind of just like running into each other it looks like um it did the opposite of get me excited it it, it looks to me like player control is just going to be another issue for me again and the players are going to feel not like real life like the way they move and all of that stuff so i'm not no, I mean those the, the gameplay trailer and that eight second video um, didn't do anything for me. I mean, there's probably going to be hopefully there's going to be some improvements apparent when we're actually on the sticks. But at the same time, I'm tempering my expectations. I know it's cliche to say something like NBA 2K21.5, but at the same time, I, I'm not expecting that huge leap. If I'm proven wrong, I'll be quite pleasantly surprised. I'm not going to say there's absolutely no way that there will be pleasing improvements because looking down the gameplay blog which we'll be getting to in a moment there could be if if everything is as good as as advertised then it certainly could be but to that point we have heard a lot of this stuff before but yeah seeing those leaks and seeing the gameplay trailer i wasn't blown away i wasn't expecting oh this is definitely going to be 
something amazing and new and uh, this week's or last week's friday five i should say now but by the time most people are hearing this uh was about the five stages of basketball game releases and we always seem to have that cycle every single year where we forget about the there's a lot of people who are cynical and skeptical as we are sometimes to an unhealthy degree but mostly to a healthy degree that it's all forgotten and we fall for the same <laughs> the same marketing again uh, so it, it definitely is cyclical as much as the games and the previous seasons and the release cycles, everything like that. Very, uh, very cyclical as far as the general opinions and reactions to games and forgetting about the lessons we've learned in previous years. So that that is a a concern I have, a, a skeptical skepticism that I have for 2K22 that it's not going to be this. Yeah, I'm, I'm keeping my expectations realistic, shall we say? But I do want to say before we get into the blog that, that uh, the, two, the PA announces trailer that revealed that every team is going to have their uh, authentic PA announcer, and they've also brought in uh, Tommy Edwards to do the classic Bulls teams. That, that, that's a really nice touch. Uh, that is something that's been on the wish list for many years, and now they obviously have the storage space to do it on disks and hard drives. I, I will say, I mean, that is not... It won't make up for legacy gameplay issues. It won't fix those problems or problems with the online scene or anything like that. But that is really cool they've done that. I do have to say that's a very cool idea. I was about to say, no, that's great. And it's going to sound awesome, I'm sure. Indeed. Um, and it's an element of authenticity. But if the gameplay is frustrating and as unbalanced as it has been, then I'm not even going to want to put the game on. It's moot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, people are, and, and people aren't going to um, be like, oh, well, this is great, while they're frustrated with the gameplay. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it is a great touch. Um, but again, if I, if I'm getting on the court and I feel like I'm sliding around and I'm watching and, um, you know, we got the slow motion side by sides again, and there's the canned animations and, um, you're playing and they're just, the defense is just moving out of the way for you and you just get complete red carpets to the hoop for no reason. Um, you know, free open dunks and, Hey, let's go wide on the fast break. We know we're just going to be able to run around the computer. Why not do that? Um, you know, you put that, you put teams on the floor and you're like, why is this guy moving like a slug when he was really fast in real life? Like with that stuff's going on, that's the stuff I care about. And honestly, and you've noticed this with the NBA live 10 tournament and people connecting on Parsec with some of the older games, that's what matters the most to people. The people, what matters the most to people is how good the game feels on the sticks. How fun it is to play. Hundred percent. Look, look, the pre- presentation is nice and important, as we can see in Live Ten, because of the presentation atmosphere settings they brought in that year. But if the game wasn't fun to play, it really doesn't matter. Because there's been a lot of games over the years, early two thousands, that have had something really cool with the presentation. You look at the ESPN Tonight NBA Tonight series had some pretty good presentation. And it's a very authentic presentation, but the gameplay itself is nowhere near Live or Two K at that time. Yeah, I think the thing is, is that. We've gotten to a point in basketball gaming where it's become less and less about what's actually happening on the basketball court. Ironically. Um, I feel like, yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's kind of the way the NBA itself has gone mm. in a lot of ways. Um, real basketball, which is sad as well. <laughs> I guess it kind of makes uh, it sim in a way, in a, in a twisted kind yeah, of way. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um no, I mean, and that drives me absolutely nuts. You know, I one of the things in the updates and the dev, dev blogs that drives me absolutely nuts, and I know someone like Rock will agree with me because we, him and I talked about this before, they added even more badges. And now there's 80 in NBA 2K22. And what people need to realize is what 80 badges means is 80 artificial boosts. 
And that's just more of the toxic stuff that is really hurting basketball video games and actually destroys the idea of actual skill gap is all of these badges and all of these artificial boosts and all the canned moments and, you know, bailing somebody else out who isn't skilled and allowing them to like unrealistically go from one block to another and block a shot when they never would have been able to get there in the first place, but they got that fancy new badge, right? Um, So, yeah. So like I'm, I'm reading the dev blog and I'm seeing the stuff about artificial, more artificial boosts. And I'm like, this is not what people want. This is not what the majority of gamers want. Well, there's there's also things like the new mouse in the house badge, which allows the, the taller players to dominate a, a shorter one. If, if a player has that size advantage and the skill advantage, the skills to make use of their size, which should be achieved by the physics engine and the, the height of the player and their length and their, their, their wingspan, I should say, and their uh, their ratings, do they really need a badge to represent that ability? Or should that just be a thing that you can do with a with a talented big man scorer does it doesn't need a badge yeah it doesn't make any sense like i don't understand it and i they're adding more and more layers into what's hurting basketball gaming a i meta. think you can agree. yeah it's it's the meta yeah yeah it's the metagaming gaming it's they are adding layer upon layer upon layer every single year and making it even worse and getting people even more frustrated, which is why you see, I sent you a video um, of the trailer. I think it was from IGN, right? Um, Yeah, it was IGN. So IGN posted the gameplay trailer and it is a major red flag that that video from IGN got one thousand at the time it had 1000 likes and 1,000 dislikes. That is not a good ratio, people. Very like, very neutral response. People, <laughs> are, people, right, people are getting sick of the games. They're getting sick of the games that 2K is playing with them. They're getting sick of the scene, the online scene, and they just want to have fun with video games again. And unfortunately... This is what they're pushing. And, you know, they're, they're pushing all of this, you know, the artificial boosts, the metagaming, all of that stuff. Man, it's just people are getting sick of it. They're really getting sick of it. And so are you and I. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly. And, and even you look at the – I summarized the blog. I posted it in the forum and on the, uh, on the front page and the, the bulletin there. So the goal with gameplay in 2K22 was to create a fun and competitive experience on the sticks with emphasis on skill-based offense and a genuine skill gap. That, that, those are my words. That's my summary of the blog, but that is basically a summary of the introduction that uh, Baluba uh, put in that blog. Uh, a strong push was made to... Actually, before I get onto that, the goal, the overall goal. In theory, that's admirable, right? That's an admirable goal to have a fun and competitive experience on the sticks with an emphasis on skill-based offense and a genuine skill gap. That, that being the goal, yeah, that, that's where it should be. But we have heard that before. We've heard it before. Sense. Nothing, yeah, but nothing about it makes sense. They follow that up with the badge thing. Indeed, yes, yes. That's, it makes sense, Andrew. This is, listen, I don't trust Mike Wang. I don't trust Baluba. A lot of people don't now. It, we're seeing more I of that. Trust him, right? I have no reason to trust him. Prove me wrong, Baluba. True, you know, not that you care what I say, probably, but you know, I do not trust him, and this is and this is the reason why. I don't want to hear about skill gap. I'm so sick of the promises and so sick of the BS. Um, 
how many times have we heard that they were going to touch up defense? Remember 2K18, they talked about improved defense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, look what happened. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, again, in this, they're like, we, you know, we had Dazar on it and all of this stuff and our resident X's nose expert. I don't want to hear that anymore either. Um, but the the whole the, the entire section saying that one of their it was the biggest defensive overhaul ever that they that they worked on more realistic rotations um, and more realistic closing out an on ball defense and all of this stuff. I need to get my hands on the sticks to and experience this before I believe I don't believe any word of it yet. Well, there's also I, the talking about establishing a foundation. Wasn't it last year built from the ground up? That was yeah, that was the marketing I, hype. That was the tagline. I don't know. And that's the problem, you know, throwing uh, throwing the, the last game under the bus when you've hyped it up and it sounds so false. And then you say, "Well, he said this last year. Why should we believe you this year when next year you're going to say the same thing?" And it's it's not even a way of saying, "Look, we tried, we did our best of it last year, and this year we've taken it to a new level." It's we've had flat out admissions that something that was in last year's game wasn't that good after it was specifically hyped up as being much better than it is. And it really just undercuts, undermines the credibility of the blogs. All right. I also got to point something out. One thing that I'm getting really sick of is them posting, them saying something in a blog and acting like it's new when it's recycled or something that they've done before. Like they talked about the new dribbling system, right? And they were like, well, the, you know, this year you're not going to have the triggers. You're not going to be able to trigger just one size up or the size up. You're going to have to piece it together. You just did that like two years ago. Like that was your – you're bringing it back like it's something new. But you tried that a couple years ago. People didn't like it as much. So you were like, okay, well, we're going to bring, up, bring back the um, – single button um, hold joystick up or whatever for you know the the size up and now you go back to it and you act like it's a new feature that's not a new feature like it's not new um they also said that they've worked on speeding up dribbling that was in the in the blog why dribbling was so un- have you seen the nba 2k21 um the 2k league videos yeah it's the most unrealistic, silly, stupid-looking dribbling I have ever seen. It is 100 miles an hour. It doesn't make sense. Human hands don't move that fast. It's impossible, like the way it looks. And they're talking about speeding up the dribbling even more. What? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Why is that something you're, you're pushing or, or like a, a promoted enhancement? The dribbling looks ridiculous right now. It doesn't look ridiculous. It, it doesn't look real, and it doesn't feel right either it feels out of control it doesn't feel it, 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 i just don't understand some of this stuff yeah uh, to, to your point it's it's in the wording if they had said look we've been trying some of these ideas before and, and this the problem is that you and i have good memories about this stuff and that we are holding them accountable to this that a lot of people will think that that's taking it too seriously and or you, you know how it is recency bias anything that happened more than a year ago might have happened century could have happened centuries ago for all that matters so that that is a problem that we deal with these days if they come out and said, look, we tried this, this is an idea we've explored in the past, we've refined it, we listened to your feedback, or if they said, that we, we, we tried this last year, we heard community feedback, we hear you loud and clear, this is the direction we're going in based on your feedback, I, I could appreciate that more, because that would be, there'd be some honesty in that, they're, they're admitting, hey, this idea that we tried, we thought it was a good idea, the community didn't go for it, so we've tweaked it or replaced it based on your feedback. That's what I'd want to hear. I mean, I'd still be skeptical, don't get me wrong, because... It is a marketing blog at the end of the day, but it would be 
it's just there in the tone. It's it's the, the wording gives away. It, the wording's very. It speaks volumes. Shall I say? I'll just never. I'll, I'll never understand the whole like doing like the stuff they're doing with the dribbling and everything, and they still can't get a, a dribbling system as enhanced or as good as what we had in NBA 2K16. Yeah, with the full yeah. size, the back side size ups and the front size ups, um, and still the great feeling of dribbling in place um, just by flicking the stick and whatnot. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, built from the ground up, enhancements, next generation. You know, I just want to point something out, uh, just to talk about, like, next-gen consoles. I feel like they've been kind of a disappointment. You know, I'm, I'm playing MLB The Show 20. My brother and I have a season on it. And I went back and forth between that and MLB The Show 21 for next-gen. And not only do I not see a graphics jump at all, really, I'm not seeing really a frame rate dr- jump either. And I'm looking, and the menus are a lot worse, and you can't put in your own soundtrack on next-gen, all of that stuff. It has less features than what I have in the show 20. And I'm like, I thought next generation was supposed to be an improvement. Yeah. Why less options? Why does it not look really any better? And why why is this being promoted as the next big and great thing? Because I'm not seeing it. I think that there is a problem with, with, with game development these days, and it may not be so much the developers as the, as the artistic direction that's handed down by the suits, who knows, but, but it, it, there is a, sometimes there is that less creativity, and we've talked about that with why they don't make a, a street game, and why jam games don't come out, why we don't sort of see those kinds of creative ideas anymore. It's, it's jumping on trends with things like my player clothing, or, and, and certainly biting the trend of, again, recurrent revenue and things like that, that that pleases the suits and lines their pockets is not necessarily about prioritizing that fun experience and packing in those little details, which is not to say they don't work hard, which is not to say that there aren't little details in there, but we we have seen that change in the way games are developed and the focus and all these other external factors that that play into it. But but it it is frustrating to see, as you say, supposedly new technology and bigger and better and faster and everything, and maybe you get you get some better loading times. Obviously, the loading times in two K twenty one on next gen they are generally impressive. That you can be in the the city in seconds or load into a mode in seconds. I do notice that going back to the old generation, even on a, a gaming PC, it doesn't load that quickly. So yeah, I, I, that, that is that is me five six hundred dollars for a faster loading times. That's the point. It's it's not that in itself. It's a nice feature. It's a nice uh, way. It, it's it's a great way of making use of new technology, but and, and it should be a thing, because loading times, you know, instantaneous loading times, it, it is in itself a nice thing to have. But when it comes down to it, if if what you're loading into isn't as an engaging and fun experience, again, it's like it's like great graphics. It's like everything else. It doesn't really matter as much. I get into it quicker, but I kind of want to get out of it quickly too. That's that's kind of a problem when you feel that way. The the titles that I've seen are just overall not a, a, a barely a jump or not a jump from the PS4 days and whatnot. And that's not just me. And people are probably like, oh, just appreciate what you have and all that stuff. And there's some truth to that. But at the same time, the games just don't have that appeal anymore in a, in a lot of ways. A lot of different games don't. Um, they don't have that fun aspect and, and and more so with the nba 2k series because we do really enjoy the mlb the show series um and we do enjoy madden uh as well but you know especially with the nba 2k series 
it's not just enjoy what you had. I just feel like the game has so many different frustrate frustrating issues. I mean, from, the, the from game comes out every year, which which is which is also a, a hell of a development cycle. So we have to absolutely have to give it up for that. But you're asking people to buy a new game every year, so it's a lot of money. People, and then you're also in, implementing mechanics that encourage people to spend money on top of that. Value for money and quality matter, and not just for two K, right. but every game, every game, and certainly with, with microtransactions being so ubiquitous these days, it's it's okay for consumers, just as we celebrate games and to enjoy them, want to have fun. Wanting to have fun and not being able to have fun is kind of a, a problem as well. Uh, before I get into some other points, before we get into some other points here, uh, I do want to mention the, uh, the quote-unquote strong push made to implement the same quality of improvements on current-gen and next-gen. I am tempering my expectations for next-gen. I'm tempering them even more for current-gen, which, of course, includes the PC port. I'm Hopefully they can implement... Some, if, they, if they have been able to really enhance the next-gen version and it does play a lot better which certainly we're hoping for the best. That's always the way, because we do want to enjoy the games ultimately. But if they have been able to achieve that, hopefully there has been a similar improvement. I'm not expecting the, the identical improvement on current gen, but hopefully they actually have been able to... I mean, you, you read that and, and, and you do wonder how much they've actually been able to achieve on current gen, being a lower priority. But then again, I'm sure a lot of people still do have the current gen consoles. Uh, it, we're still a year into the uh, in, into them being last gen now current gen you know nomenclature being kind of fluid as it is there i i'm not i'm not placing great expectations should i say derek on current gen they need to for for current gen they badly need to fix the the player movement and you know what a huge red flag for me will be if i boot up nba 2k22 for the pc and i see a player run run down the floor and they're hunched over like they're like a yeti like running like in the woods or something like like they they're, they're uh, you know what running animations i'm talking about they are running like hunched over and it looks it doesn't it's not realistic I, I can't even believe that running animation is in the video game um but that'll be a major red flag for me um i i they, they really need to work on the foot planning uh the dribbling feels crazy already so the blog has already stated something about you know the dribbling being faster so i'm just dreading that i'm sure that's going to be terrible um but yeah i don't know my expectations aren't high either but i bought it because i get it every year and i mod it so it's in my inventory and well we can Uh, we will try and do what we can with sliders and suggest ways that to optimize fun that that's something more content that i'd like to get back to doing in fact this year it's been my it's been my to-do list with content the last few years and this year i want to make a now that I've moved away from the my career experience more, it's it's something I feel like I really can throw myself into with more hands-on experience of that those experiences those modes I should say in uh, in the 2K22 and started that with 2K21 and looking forward to continuing that with 2K22 uh, quality permitting obviously enjoy, enjoyment permitting. So a couple of the key points uh, from a, a fairly comprehensive uh, gameplay blog: uh, the shot contest and blocking systems have been rebuilt. We did hear that now in, in our first. Uh, blog that was mentioned in the first blog uh new snatch blocks and volleyball spikes that didn't happen before i, f- I feel they have happened before but at the, again ghost contests have been the quote-unquote ghost contests have been addressed being out of position and failing to get a hand on an opponent's face will give up easy buckets uh, rather than being able to impact shot success through loose proximity and facing away from the 
ball handler. Again, we'll see how that works with badges, especially again adding new ones. But that has been a problem. So if, if they have addressed those uh, those ghost contests, Derek, that's that is good news. Yeah, I think that's a that's a problem that's been in games for a long time. I actually remember um, my brothers and I used to talk about this in some of the old NBA Live games. Um, if you were on, like they the, like the offensive player couldn't see you, but you'd like be near them, behind them, and jump at them, and it would make a miss. And we would say, well, I was on his back, right? Or like I was, you know, and that's why he missed. So, yeah, that's, um, I think that's also something that plagued NBA Live 19. Definitely, as well. yeah. yeah. Uh, that, was, that was one of the problems with NBA Live 19. And it's also a problem with protected shots with NBA 2K17 and NBA 2K16, actually, um, where you, there's like four or five feet sometimes between you and the defender and your player will still like fade backwards and it'll be looked at as a contested shot. And it's like, uh, I should be able to go right up and down. I do have a concern there because it's conversely play it properly. Crowding shooters will force bricks and air balls, which again, sounds good in theory. But again, we've, we've seen that with 2k 16 and 17 with the protected shots that it, it was hard to, when some players will just rise up and shoot in the fa- in you know the great shooters will just rise up and shoot in the defender's face, not be forced into a fade or or a leaner that airballs and bricks badly. I mean, sometimes of course they can. You know, great defense on a great shooter can work out sometimes, but it was too automatic with the protected shots. And so I'm a little bit concerned when I when I hear that uh, the counterpoint to that. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's one thing that was frustrating sometimes with NBA 2K17 is you'd be using a great shooter, a really good shooter. You'd think you'd have space, and you'd go up to shoot, and it would force you to fade um, back, and it would be considered a heavily contested shot, and that great shooter or good shooter would, like, airball it or, like, brick it. Um, or if you tried to shoot a shot towards the end of the shot clock, and like you said, the, the, the you as the offensive player were smothered, but you still even had somewhat of a height advantage, and you try to shoot over him, um, it would be like a brick 99.9% of the time. So, no, I definitely have that concern. You mentioned the rewritten defensive AI, uh, rewrites the defensive AI on next-gen. So, again, it, it depends. It's, it remains to be seen what happens as far as what current-gen will receive being the lower-priority release, I would have to imagine, because we saw it last year as well. Uh, AI anticipating certain play actions and better rotate to take away passing lanes, which is also kind of a concern with the way they can, with the CPU can pull off psychic steals. Uh, emphasis has been placed on on filling defensive gaps and playing more intelligently. There's new hedge defender logic for smarter reaction to the ball handler. Uh, players with lower steal ratings will have slow animations when they reach and gamble. Also more dunk and layup strips in 2K22, although I think they're mostly going to be on next-gen again. And, you know, and I mentioned the AI uh, anticipating certain plays. So they're also talking about beefing up the defensive AI, which has been a weakness. So again, if it has been beefed up uh, sufficiently, that is for the best. But there are those concerns about forcing those something similar to protected shots. And of course, the CPU being able to play the passing lanes has never really been a problem because the CPU is really good at that. Yeah, I'd say that, and you've been playing 2K14 a bit, I'd say that the best balance um, defensively overall between going by last gen and this gen, um, last gen meaning Xbox One and PS4, and then this gen being PS5 and Xbox Series X, I'd say that the best defense mechanics overall and the best ai on that end would be 2k14 2k15 and 2k16 i think those three they got it the best um as far as 
um, in t- um, defensive intelligence by the CPU, um, whether it be in transition, help defense, um, on-ball defense. Uh, it's the perfect balance between um, brick wall and side-by-sides. Uh, you're more rewarded for good defense, uh, more realistically rewarded in those games. Uh, you're not just going to, you know, you're not going to go for a steal and just end up like tackling somebody. I, I wish they could go back to that balance that they had you know, back in those three titles. Unfortunately, the online scene plays a big role there. Yeah, of course it does. I, I think that that's really hurting the five-on-five gameplay and overall. But you know what's funny is uh, I, I don't understand how sliding, skating even, and whatnot, um, and slow motion side-by-sides, I don't know, I don't understand how that can be healthy or accurate or good for the online scene either. So like, or like ruin. Hey, let's ruin the face-up game. That will help the online gaming. Let's make well, a let's yeah. a, that's yeah. a online gamer. Let's make it so when you face up, you um, drop the ball at any hint of contact. Or if you face up, you go into a slow motion side by side when you try to attack the rim. Or oh, if you spin baseline, you'll lose the ball. Like I'm not sure how ruining the face-up game is great for online gaming either. I mean, I suppose they figure. They see the online strategies that people want to play with, which is not necessarily realistic, and that, that focus on the meta. And, and people who, who want to play an online competitive game, but not necessarily a realistic basketball simulation, it, it's, it's become a whole battle there, obviously. Again, a, a topic for a whole show that we could go into that, a deep dive into that, which I'd love to do sometime. Uh, you mentioned the dribbling. One-to-one basic size-ups have been replaced by one-to-one signature size-ups, 50 unique signature size-up packages, 32 unique dribbling sequences, uh, which uh, Blue was referring to as signature combos, 28 unique dribbling styles, including new styles for WNBA players. Uh, smaller players no longer lag behind larger players when they have the same speed with ball rating. They said some new new back-to-the-basket moves have been added to enhance post-play. No further details on that. Uh, the new shot meter. Now, you play with the shot meter off, obviously, but we all play with the same release mechanics. Uh, the new shot meter has a make window that will resize dynamically according to the defensive pressure, ratings, fatigue, and the quality of the shot attempt. I do believe that's been implemented before, at least in some ways. Uh, in theory, I do like that idea. That, uh, the, but I've, we've also seen it play out very poorly with Live 19, where the defenders, especially when uh, in control by the CPU, could maintain a distance that takes away a green release and force too many misses. But then again, if, 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 that, if the ghost contests have been addressed, it's one of those things where well, this all sounds great point by point, but how will it play together? Because we've seen a lot of great mechanics, great ideas for mechanics, Derek, over the years. But when they've all had to play together and be balanced out properly, that's when there's problems. How complicated do we need to make this? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, how com- how complicated do we need to um, make these games? How, how how many changes do we need to make year in and year out to something like something as simple as a shot meter? Like h- how you know how many different shot meters? I don't even use the shot meter. Do you know how many how much conversation I've heard around the shot meter over the last few years? Oh, it's been constant, yeah. Like, I'm glad I don't use it. Let's put it that way. And it, I, I'll just say this. The, the changes that they're making, they're not going to affect me. I just hope that they're good for everybody else. Well, I mean, because they, 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 will, they will affect you in so much as it's the same underlying mechanics of the release window and everything. So, so with or without the meter. Right, but right, but you know what? I'm just going to go out there and try to play basketball. True, true. So, like, I'm just going to go out there 
and see how it feels and try to play basketball. And I'm not even going to think about a meter because the meter is not going to be there. And one of the reasons I don't like to use the meter ever is because I want to focus on the player and where I'm shooting and, you know, the defender on me and how close they are. And I don't want to be in, in my release point. I don't want to be look, staring at a meter, whether it's at their feet or at their back or, you know, up higher or anything like that. Like, I don't want to be looking at a meter. I want to be watching the action. And it looks so, like, speaking of that, it does look like a very long meter, which was an issue in Live 19, which does concern me a bit, the length of it. The meter was, the, the meter was very long in Live 19. I remember thinking that, uh, watching some of the gameplay videos of people that use the meter, and I'm like, damn, this thing is long. So you, um, you can see how it affects the timing, which is an issue. I think, uh, I, I forget who I was talking to about it, but they, I, I kind of agree with them. I think that one of the games, the meter was under the feet, but it was part of their circle. Uh, 17, 2K17, yeah. Yeah, and, and I heard that um, like a lot of people like that. It's probably, because... probably my favorite so far, yeah, the 17 meter. Does it make sense, and it's a little bit out of the way, and it doesn't take away as much from the action? It, it has some good timing on it as well. No, two K seventeen, very strong game across the board. Uh, defenders can feasibly contest uh, dunks at the rim. That was that was an issue last year. The the contact dunks were kind of automatic points, unless you caught them really early in, in the jump. Uh, shot IQ will play a major role in shot success. Uh, ratings and stick skills do matter. Forcing up bad shots will result in more misses. We will see how long that lasts before people complain about it online and it gets nerfed, possibly, or boosted, as the case may be. Uh, holding sprint and down on the pro stick will force an aggressive skill dunk when a defender is under the rim, as long as you have a strong dunker and some room to take off. And there's going to be timing meters on alley-oops and aggressive skill dunk attempts. This is on next-gen only. So again, a next-gen exclusive. Finishing lobs will require pressing the shot button with good timing. So they're adding some timing to, to alley-oops and the uh, aggressive skill dunks. Rounds too. I was going to say, sounds a lot like Playgrounds. I I don't... What are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I know I'm kind of... There's no... In my opinion, there's absolutely no reason to have a timer on an alley-oop finish. Um, we've never needed it before. We've never... I've never seen anybody asking for that. Um, I think it's another layer that's completely unnecessary. Uh, of you all know, of, of all the things on this list, I can see that that's the one that's going to be taken out of 2K23 due to a lack of popularity, much like shot aiming last year has been taken out. Right. Like, hell, it might be patched out in this cycle. That's you true. In the 2K22 cycle. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how that's going to work. Uh, how is it going to affect me? Uh, that might affect me a little bit. Uh, when I'm playing with my brother and we're playing on the same team or, you know, I'm throwing oops um, as the person who throws the oop, I'm going to be also the person that's receiving the oop. Right. So do I have to time it as the recipient as well? And how fast think about how fast oops happen in real life. How the hell are you going to time that as a player? See, that's, that's my problem with the shot aiming on layups that we had last year that you have to say, hold left to make a move left and, and perform that move, but then rotate the stick around and aim it at the same time, all in a very quick layup in the paint where you're also trying to elude a defender. That's why, shot aiming, we just need to get away from that idea, at least in the paint. It's just not viable. And this, I think this is going to be the same kind of thing. Right, how are you going to time? Okay, so let's say they wanted to make timing on an alley-oop. Let's say they wanted to say, well, as the ball's traveling to you, you need to time it. Well, how the hell does that make sense in a, in a realistic thing? Like, yeah. I, like, I don't, like, all right, so now are we timing the, the motion towards the ball? Like, yeah, I don't, I, it, like, it's, it doesn't, uh, you, you can it see, it's make... one of those things to say, oh, well, alley, pulling off an alley-oop takes great timing. So you can see the, the logic behind it, but 
in practice, how well does that work in a video game? Right. Exactly. It's, it's exactly. So we'll see what happens. Um, maybe there'll be an option to turn it off. Hopefully. Um, if not, maybe it's better than I think it's going to be, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of the first things that gets nerfed, fixed, or if like thrown out. It, it would, wouldn't surprise me either. It, it is funny how people look at these mechanics that aren't necessarily a great fit for video games and say, well, you want realism, don't you? It's like, this, it takes timing to perform early. So, well, if I want realism, uh, NBA players also get a lot of free clothes in my career, so we should get free clothes. Well, moving right on from that point, um, suddenly we don't want to talk about that realism anymore. Well, I, say that thing, it's, I say that about shot aiming, though. It's like, well, didn't you want realism? Well, there's absolutely nothing realistic about the shot aiming system in NBA 2K. That's the point, yeah. So it's <laughs> like, don't tell me, don't tell me that that feels realistic or is, is realistic in any possible way whatsoever. And, so. and I get what they're going for. Like conceptually, I get it, but in execution, making it feel good and be realistic and, and actually be enjoyable, it, it doesn't always mix. There's a reason some things are done the way they are with basketball games. You mentioned the 80 badges, uh, 17 new ones. There are badge loadouts that was mentioned in the in previous blog and for WNBA, and it is, it is the case with the NBA as well. Uh, more information about badges is presented to the user while creating a build. They've, they've updated the, the build. They're saying there's more balanced builds. We shall see. We have heard that before. Uh, dunk celebrations have been added, much to the uh, similar to the green release celebrations as seen in previous games. And and this is kind of cool that a player's dunk repertoire can be customized using the dunk style creator. So you can create a custom dunk package, which, I mean, it, it may be a small thing in the grand scheme of things, but I, I do like that. That does sound cool. No, that's a good touch. Um, I, I'll say again, though, um, how many complaints have we heard about cheese and artificial boosts and all that stuff uh and people thinking that there wasn't a real skill gap and then 2k and desire and all that stuff all the like, preaching skill gap and everything hey let's add 17 new badges <laughs> like it just doesn't it doesn't line up with what they say okay like it just that 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 alone does not line up with the message that they're trying to get like say like as far as like skill gap and what they're preaching and everything but yeah, yeah, cool. Dunk creator. Yeah, no, that's that sounds good. Yeah, I'm not really thrilled about this blog. Oh, thrilled, so. yeah. Uh, take And this is a next-gen <laughs> exclusive. Uh, takeover perks, uh, modifiers that are exclusive next-gen, can be unlocked to enhance your takeover abilities. Uh, they, they're going to be a surprise. No further details on those as well. We've talked before about how we feel takeover has become a very kind of almost an arcade-style mechanic, very overpowering in the online scene. So I, I see takeover perks, and I'm thinking... Well, I'm quite happy that I'm moving away from my career and the online scene because that sounds like they're going to be very overpowered. Maybe they'll be cool. Maybe maybe they'll be balanced. But I, the takeover system, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of it. So that that doesn't fill me with confidence either. Yeah, it's turning basketball gaming into something other than basketball. It reminds me of like turning Super Saiyan like takeover. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's like like from Dragon Ball Z. Like, who's asking for that? Well, it's it's the it's the online gamers that play other games that like the enhancements and the boosts and well, like Fortnite and uh, yeah, and augmentations and things like that as as they as they call them. I, I think it it appeals to them because and it, it's all part of the meta, right? But if it's, it's not, like, yeah, and it's another thing that takes away from from like the skill gap. Takes away from basketball. It's another <laughs> thing that takes away. It isn't basketball. It's another thing that takes away from true skill gap. But they keep preaching skill gap. It's like mind games. Like it's like it's like they're playing mind games. Like that doesn't make any sense if you think about it. 
Like, oh, skill gap, pre skill gap, our resident X and O's. Oh, look, skill gap, all of this stuff. Um, and we wanted to make sure that you had control and all of that. And then all of a sudden, hey, we're going to add 17 new badges. Oh, we're going to have 80 badges, 80 artificial boosts in the game. Oh, we're going to have takeover um, where you go, you turn Super Saiyan in the game and can like you become superhuman. Like it's just it's it's just mixed messages in mind games. And I think it's just hurting basketball video games. And there'll be That's some, there'll, yeah, there'll be some shills that are out there that will say, well, you know, there's a there's a skill gap now. Get good. Eh, not when there's some, not when there's a meta like this with so many augmentations and boosts and whatever you want to call them. I th- I think that people are going to be super disappointed when they first get their hands on 2K22. That's the way it's looking. You're going to just see a lot of that negative feedback right away again, and people saying. I could, I can't. You'll see those comments where people are like, "I didn't think it could be get worse than NBA 2K21," and here we it, are. It, it is getting harder for the shills to shill without losing some credibility, shall we say? But not yeah, all. Shills, no. especially, and in, in you'll see the next makers doing the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really negative on this on this portion of the podcast, but I want to remind you that you know what I was talking about in the first half. So well, I, it, it, we have to cover both, and, and we've talked about this before. I've written articles about it. We've we've uh, discussed it on the podcast is that we have been through multiple preview seasons. We've heard a lot of these things before in, in not so many words or almost identical words in some cases. So we want to see the proof of it. But we also see, we, we can see these things and we can you can see when something's going to be a problem, can you not? You can just see, oh... Shadowing, yeah, you can see it. Th- there's you just like, oh, I, can see, I can see this, this could work really well, but I can see it conflicting with this or that, or I can see if it's not tuned this way if it's tuned that way yeah so hoping for the best we don't we don't want to be sitting here smugly in a couple of weeks time saying well we said it sucked and boy does it suck no because we spent our money on it for a start and we want to have get enjoyment out of it but it's it's fair to be skeptical i, I would rather be skeptical and in a couple of weeks time say you know what i had my concerns but this is working really well and i certainly hope that way but i do see yeah. that and that, that these are concerns yeah yeah, it's not just us being that way. It's There's history. Absolutely, yeah. This is based on many years, uh, a combi- over a combined 50 years, that makes me feel very old, Eric, of us, you and I playing basketball video games between us. Over, more, you know, 50, 60 years between us of this and covering games and going through multiple previous seasons. It doesn't mean we are infallible. That is not what we're trying to say. But we have seen these things. We've been around the block a couple of times. We've seen these things happen. We've seen develop blogs and we've seen the language that's used so yeah if, if you're more we, we don't want to rain on anyone's parade but we do feel that skepticism yeah uh, i want people to enjoy the game yeah i just I, want people to enjoy basketball gaming again there's a lot of frustrating things going on in the world um uh, there's a lot of people who i don't know feel very isolated and there's people who feel lonely and all of that stuff and you know breaking out a basketball video game we need escapism. Should be fun. We need escapism. It yeah. should, and it should be something that you you know look forward to, and that gives you more joy than frustration. And that's really what we want. And we just see, you know, what's been going on. We, we I talked about that IGN review, the reception to the trailer. We talk about you know all the comments and the reviews from users and whatnot over the last few years, and all the frustration that kids have and people have, you know, young adults have and whatnot, um, and old adults like us old adults like us old heads. have with old heads have with some of the recent titles um you know i just want people to have fun with the games because that's what it's supposed to be about 
undoubtedly. And we will finish up with the My Team blog this week. Uh, so My Team Draft is back. We, we heard about that, in, uh, alluded to in previous previews and, and hints on, on Twitter and whatnot. It's a multiplayer mode, multiplayer online. Uh, you start, when you start a new draft, you get seven packs to open and choose two cards to keep from the first six packs. A seventh pack is a featured pack, which can contain three cards, including the latest themed releases. Uh, competing in My Team Draft will guarantee a prize of, the, of a league pack and a single pick on the draft exclusive extension prize board. Other prizes will be available and cycle with the seasons. Seasons approach through everything with my career and my team this year, and of course the W online. Uh, season one, the grand prize for my team draft is a uh, pink diamond, Glenn Robinson. That is uh, the big dog, Glenn Robinson. Glenn Robinson, uh, the second, not uh, or, or junior, rather than his son who is in the NBA at the moment. So, uh, Triple Threat Online now features the 100. At the beginning of each TTO run, uh, gamers will have 100 points. After each game, the amount of points you gave up, win or lose, will be subtracted from the total of 100. Once you hit zero, you're back at the bottom tier of the prizes. And one of the aims of the 100 is to allow every player to at least reach the second tier of prizes, even if they lose every game. So I mentioned those together, Derek, because it does sound like they're giving people an opportunity to play with some some really good cards and, and earn them, and also to get some prizes without being elitist about it. And look, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who say, "Oh, you know, get good," and and it should only be for the best players. But I like that they are allowing people who are playing the mode to be a little bit more rewarded and have an opportunity to at least get some better rewards. And if you're really good, if you really are elite, you'll be able to get all the great rewards. But it's a little bit kinder to people dipping their toe in to those modes. And that's something that's been missing with the gatekeeping, the toxicity and the elitism. So I do like the sound of that. As it should be. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's what they should have been doing all along. I mean, we talked about um, how great the reward system is in NBA jam on fire edition for road trip, right? Talked about how fair that is and, you know, how the unlockables work and um, how it's not a crazy grind to get there and, and whatnot. I know that's a little bit different than opening packs or getting free packs and everything. But the point is, is that the, getting to that reward isn't a unfair or frustrating experience. It, it feels rewarding. Right? Yeah. Reward. Exactly. And then, you know, I, I like that idea and that's a plus one for them. Um, especially if it gives people, you know, that better start, uh, you know, playing that mode. I mean, it may, it may get more people into that mode as well. And that's probably what they're hoping for. And, of course, the cynicism comes through and thinking, well, if they're getting into that mode, then they may end up spending some more money on that mode. But, look, if, there's a, if the prizes are better and the reward system is better, if people can just play it, no money spent, and still have a good time, then so much the better. And my team is actually pretty decent about that if you, uh, as long as you know how to work it. And maybe, again, that's some content that I could focus on playing a bit more of my team. I know you're looking to get into it a bit this year as well, is that we could focus on, okay – we could produce some content rather that is okay how do you how do we have a really good no money experience no money spent experience and how can we work the system with the xp to uh to the maximum advantage but even then you can get in some grinding but we'll, we'll see how it works out but i do like the sound of that uh likewise uh the uh the weekly and moment challenges have been replaced by pickup and skill challenges skill challenges are similar to the old weekly and moment challenges including replic- uh, replicating real life feats statistical goals that kind of thing hit nine threes with clay thompson whatever uh, getting the win in the skills challenges is optional. The challenge will actually end when it's achieved. Rematches are also now allowed in order to quickly retry a challenge. So if you're getting towards the end of the challenge, you're not going to reach the goal. You can hit rematch and just start over again without having to exit out and go back in. Good idea there. It's possible to complete skills challenges out of order, so you don't have to go through sequentially. That's pretty good as well. And the pickup challenges involve daily games against teams that are generated according to your current lineup. Uh, the better your lineup, the more challenging the generated opponent 
Conversely, if you're still building up your squad, the generated opponents will be weaker in order to provide a fair matchup. Again, uh, that's it. Sounds like they've taken some uh, some feedback on board there because I, I like the sound of all of those the way they've been implemented this year. Very accessible. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like they're trying to make the competition for that mode, um, though the experience for that mode less frustrating. It sounds like what they're trying to do is make the start a little bit more fair um, so people can get into it right away and then also make it so when they connect with people, they're not blown out of the water immediately, um, that the matchups are more fair and that um, they're matched up with somebody who's on their level as far as like rosters or whatnot. So from the sounds of it, I mean, the my team enhancements are good and that's probably the only other mode outside of, you know, play now and my NBA that I would probably be getting into. So that's nice for me. I mean, I'm just really hoping that the PC version is enjoyable for me because if the PC version is enjoyable for me, I'm going to be getting into modding. And one thing about the PC version that's kind of nice is when you get a new face in there, say you get a new face for Kobe Bryant, that face is going to be what he looks like in my team. That's right. So that's a benefit to playing my team on PC as opposed to playing it on the Xbox Series X. It's, it's all PS5. all assets that can be reused for modding, absolutely. Uh, spotlight challenges, including both uh, 5v5 and 3 vs 3 games, similar to last year. Uh, 20 Spotlight Challenges at launch, featuring the four NBA 2K22 cover players. There's going to be event cards, which include My Team events, uh, which which represent My Team events, and also great moments in the league. Going to be special collectible cards there. There's also going to be two two separate $250,000 My Team tournaments this year for people who want to get into that, one for current gen and one for next gen. There's going to be cross-progression between current gen and next gen. doesn't apply to PC because there's only one generation of game on there that's ported to PC, of course, but if you are on the same console family, you will share the VC wallet. If you do get two versions for whatever reason, if you're a crazy collector like us or if you start out on current gen and then do get your hands on a next gen console for birthday, Christmas, whatever, in the near future and decide to upgrade, you can carry that progression uh, all that progress over to the next gen version and it also goes back to current gen as well there's also going to be hollow player cards which are the rarest cards to collect they have identical stats to their regular version but they're special they're tied to special challenges in the agenda so you, you can pull and they're not just going to be the galaxy opals and the pink diamonds and the dark matter cards Derek. you might just get a special version kind of like you know when you put when you pull a uh, from a pack of uh, real cards back in the day you'd have that special it's like a silver version of, of the regular player card. So it's kind of like a special version of that. Yeah. I mean, I used to love pulling refractors. Yeah. It was always worth a little bit more and always a really cool looking card. Um, or you pulled like a jersey card. Yep. It's uh, going to be like that, basically. Like a jersey or something like that. Yeah, no. I, man, that makes me want to buy a pack of cards. Like a box of them. <laughs> That's, yeah. There's also going to be a card grading system, similar to real-life card collecting. Uh, great, when you send your cards away to get graded, They'll come. I'm not exactly sure how it's going to work. It does sound a bit fishy, to be honest, but anyway, one might say that the real collecting trade, as we talked about last week's uh, show about rising uh, prices in uh, video game collecting. But when you have when you get a card graded, when you use that graded card, it will get you uh, bonus MT, which is the in-game currency, of course, uh, in games that they're used in. Uh, shoe cards no longer have specific boosts. You can assign your own boosts to shoe cards using the new MT Shoe Lab. Uh, each shoe colorway has bronze, silver, gold, and diamond variants. And there's going to be five choices for my team starters: Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Nikola Jokic, Trey Young, and Zion Williamson. And you, after you evolve the starter cards, so evolution cards are back again. After you evolve them, 
you have a chance to open another pack and get a second uh, starter card. So for the first time, you can actually collect all five starters this year, Derek. In, in previous years, you would just be able to pick a starter pack, and that's who you started out with and that player. Now you can actually collect the whole set. So they've kind of... I guess people looked at those gaps in their collections and said, oh, I wish I could have gone with that other player. So if you do put in the work to evolve a player which involves using that player and hitting statistical goals, you will actually be able to earn the, all the other starter packs as well. So there's, there's a lot of stuff to collect. Well, let's go back to the shoes. Um, can I put, like, actual wings on them and fly and it, dunk it? That's no, the direction. Uh, that <laughs> yeah, what you do wonder, yeah. Or do I have the option of having, like, flames come out of my feet, like my shoes, and then just, like, propelling that way to the hoop? Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just wondering of all the things that they're going to be putting in there. Well, that That's is all. that is one I, thing I, I don't like about my team. I don't like badge cards. I don't like shoe cards that enhance. Again, that's that sort of sometimes undermines the the need to uh, augmentations. You've already got OP cards anyway, so then to be able to augment them further, yeah, I, I'm very iffy on that. I have to admit. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it. No, that lineup thing does sound. Again, that lineup thing that you had just mentioned that does sound. Um, more fair to the gamer again you can get like you said collect a whole starting five um as opposed to just one player from that pack or like hope to get a good player from that pack i mean yeah i mean these the, a lot of this stuff does sound good and it's from a mode that i used to be fond of it's, it's uh, funny because it's a mode that has the most potential to be a money gouge and obviously it's a huge money maker for 2k yet they do do some cool stuff with it i do appreciate that yeah yeah i just I kind of got sick of the mindless challenges, mm. but it sounds that that got a little bit better in 2K21, but I just really could never get into it because the gameplay was so poor. I um, mean, it's like any mode. you got to enjoy the game as well. Yeah, and I didn't. I just I told you all the reasons on a prior podcast as well. I just I, I didn't really enjoy my team last year. So this is something I do like. Uh, bronze and silver player cards have been removed. All players are now gold or higher, which means that you have your standard set of gold, and then you can have some better players in the in the early gem range, right up to the dark matter, of course. Uh, the My Team base set is going to be a collection of current and all-time great players that will be available at launch, which includes some historical players, such as Michael Jordan, uh, making Legends more accessible much sooner, albeit not the most powerful version of their cards, but there's going to be a base set where you can get some historical players as well as the current players, and no one's going to be lower than gold. I like that approach too, because there was, unless you were specifically challenged to, and, and I like that they did that with the agenda last year, Derek, but unless you specifically had a reason to play with a gold and silver player, uh, sorry, a, a bronze and silver player, you weren't going to do it, because they were, they were terrible. They were useless cards. No, I mean, I think it's good. I just, you know, it, whatever makes the on-card action more fun and at times more realistic, etc. I can agree with that because the bronze and silver players were so slow and so low rated in so many different areas that you couldn't even cheese with them. No. Yeah, they, exactly. So no, I, I can definitely agree with that. I also like the idea of making the bigger legends and bigger names available um, and more accessible um, in the early stages of my team and, and not making people have to grind to death um, or hope for, or, you know, get ripping one, getting one in really low pack odds etc like in past versions so no i think that's good i mean you're still going to have those powerful cars your pink diamonds and your galaxy opals and dark matters of your souped out hall of fame michael jordan theme whatever theme they do this year they usually do a hall of fame theme or goat theme or something like that for uh, 
for the for the top once it gets really crazy a few months into the the season they'll they'll do that but i, I do like the because because i like to get a michael jordan card every year of some description and i've been able to by working the auction house get a few pretty good ones over the past couple of years and that's been fun but just to be able to get a favorite player fairly easily it's not going to be the most powerful version if you to take online for example but if you want to play with a michael jordan card or, or or Scotty Pippen or or Yao Ming or Tracy McGrady Allen Iverson or there's going to be quite a few players available in the early going in the my team base set. I like I like the idea because you you get to play with a version of that legend. It's not going to be the, the best one, but you you have to work for that or work the auction house or whatever or pay as they they're probably hoping you do. But I do like that they're giving the, that opportunity to to play with some better players or a lower lower version of those better players uh, early on. I like it why uh i can never get into my team against like multiplayer like here's why i could never like put my my team on on the floor against another my team is because the minute somebody does like a curry slide with Shaq and strokes a three <laughs> yeah like I, I wouldn't do <laughs> rage quit it's time i'm out <laughs> right yeah that, yeah i'm i wouldn't i wouldn't put up with it i i wouldn't do it, it that's that's a killer for me and unfortunately, I've seen videos up like that of David Robinson dribbling um, out there like he's Tim Hardaway, like unbelievably fast and ridiculous and then throwing up like a 35 foot three and smoking it like um, that's not fun to me. That's terrible. So <laughs> that's why I'll never get into that portion of my team, probably undermines the defeats the purpose of getting specific players when they can all kind of do this everything and do the same thing talked about that before the, the dumbing down of my team so unfortunately that will be a thing as the year goes on but if you are just playing the offline modes the single player modes then uh, that, it, that is something that you can enjoy or avoid as the case may be so any jersey can now be selected as the home uniform both in a way and alternate uniform are also designated to avoid color clashes uh, court floors and arenas are now separately selected so you can have uh, deeper customization in that regard alternate court cards are also now collectible like your, your city edition courts like the uh, that great uh, miami vice court that the Heat have, not only the jersey, but also that alternate court is also uh, collectible. Uh, earning current team branding cards now involves playing with players from a team and completing lifetime agendas rather than going through domination as before. Uh, collector levels are back with rewards for hitting different milestones. And of course, once again, you've got seasons and whatnot. Uh, streamers, real players and celebrities will be verified with logos similar to my career. That's, yeah, okay, cool. Uh, and agendas return with seasonal challenges and many opportunities to earn XP and uh, track agenda items that you choose to track your items on your agenda will pop up during gameplay to remind you of uh, current goals that you're shooting for. So there's some good stuff there. No, uh, yeah, great. I mean, the the celebrities and, and all of that stuff have just become, like, it's become a thing now. Uh, it's become a very important thing for NBA 2K and to keep the influencers and the YouTubers and the popular, you know, people, you know, keeping them in the game with cyber faces and being usable or presented in some way in the game. And um, I have a feeling that's going to be the way it is. If this next maker thing blows up too, where they're going to be putting next makers in the game and all of that. Although I, I will say they they send you a pretty nifty jacket. You saw the next maker jacket. I did. Yes. Yeah one of the influencers on YouTube um, is, excuse me, on Twitter that uh, I'm connected with. Uh, they got accepted to the Next Maker program and they, they um, posted pictures of them in the Next Maker jacket. And it's pretty cool looking. Not a bad looking jacket. I, I imagine they'll have uh, the in-game version in my career as well. 
one would one would assume. But they, but they're my player. Hmm. Maybe I'll find that in the files. Maybe I'll mod myself in the game with a next Mac maker jacket. How about that? So all in all, you know, the gameplay blog uh, and uh, and, the, and the some of the leaks and the in the trailers, gameplay. I, I'm feeling more skeptical about, and I I, I want the proof to be in the pudding, as the, as the saying goes. I, I do want to keep an open mind, but at the same time, temper my expectations. And certainly with my team, I mean, there's always potential that things won't work out as well as planned. The best best of intentions can still go awry, of course. But I do like what the the sound of what they're doing with my team this year. It, it does sound like they're trying to get more people uh, into the mode with, with some fairer rewards. One thing I do hope is that they up the token rewards and the MT. They are a bit low, especially with the auction house being out of control. The hacking on PC and the, the selling of MT through third-party services has really destroyed the auction house you know just destroyed the market really uh so that's something i hope they can address that's not mentioned in the blog uh we'll see how things go with that situation but it having that proper reward system is so important for that mode that that obviously people are going to pump money into that mode but so that it can be equally viable for those that don't it sounds like they've made a few steps in that direction that what they're doing with the the modes to uh, to be uh, stimulating challenges with the daily generated pick up challenges sounds like a good idea so if, if the if the gameplay works out and the it's well tuned with the sliders and everything in my team which of course like my career we can't change uh yeah no i i'm looking forward to checking that out it it's uh it's a mode that apart from franchise as i move more away from my career my team will probably be, be that other mode that i play as as you're looking to do so no i, I like the sound of it i i'm i'm interested to check that out before we close the show i have one question for you sure so the nba 2k22 you install it. What is the first thing that you're going to do when you put it on? First thing that I do, um, 90s All-Stars versus 2010s All-Stars exhibition. Okay. So you literally go from like the start screen right into a play now game? Uh, usually, yes. Yeah. I, I, I may... Sometimes I go into practice and, and just get a feel for the controls, especially with no, with no demo. I might do that actually this year. But as far as the first proper thing I'll play will be it will be an a play now game exhibition game. How about you? Cool. Okay, so for me, um, the first thing I always do is go into the rosters. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit different than what you do. So basically, what I do is I go in, I check to see if there's any updated faces. Um, I check to see, you know, if they made any of the retro teams deeper, like if they got rid of some of the fakes. I like to see the layout of the roster screens. Um, I go into edit player, etc. Um, at times I'll check tendencies and ratings. Like I'm going to go in. One of the first things I'm going to do is go check David Wesley on the classic teams and see if he still has a 95 on alley-oop tendency. Can I make a prediction? Um, Can I make a prediction? He will. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. And I might have to make another social media thread on that. Um, so the first thing I do is go into the roster screens. And then what I do is I get on the sticks with my brother, Nick, and we go against each other with a couple classic teams, and so that's usually what happens. No, it's, it's interesting that we have that the separate ideas of what to do. We are very similar gamers in many respects. But we we do have that uh, that's uh, different first things that you do. I think everyone does have those rituals, much like as we were talking about a couple of shows ago that we everyone has their their go to exhibition teams. Right, exactly. Like, and we talked about players that are go tos. Like for me, for years, it's been Kobe. Um, he's probably the most fun player to use in video games for me, uh, just because everything you could do on the court. Um, and 
for a more obviously for classic players jordan jordan and kobe are probably the best to use in video games so yeah, those are usually my two go-tos um and obviously drexler because um he's always been one of my favorite players yeah it is interesting why well, i'm interested to hear from the community too definitely get that uh, that conversation going and we want more conversation around gameplay this year as we've said many times before uh, next week's blog well next week's show is going to be coming out after the game is released so we'll, we won't really be covering the news we'll be covering I'm sure we'll touch on the blogs. We'll be talking about the game itself coming out next week, of course. So next week's blogs that people can look forward to are about the city, the neighborhood, my career, and my NBA will be covered next week and probably some more gameplay here and there as well. I'm, I'm guessing a few tidbits here and there, I'm sure, um, going through Beluga's Twitter or or whatnot. But those are the uh, the previews that will be coming out, but we will... I'm sure we'll refer to them, Derek, but yeah, we'll, we'll actually have it this time. By this time next week, we will have a game to talk about. You know, it's still exciting. You know, I want people to understand that. Like, I obviously have been thrilled about the developer blog, and I have some critiques. And the get the you know, two K has really frustrated frustrated me over the last couple of years with you know what they've done to consumers and their unfair practices, and you know the way the game is played um, actually between the lines and how it's felt on the sticks and everything. Um, but you know, there's still a, an excitement when you get a new game. So there's always an excitement to go into that roster screen for the first time or put the players on the floor and see like the new cut scenes uh, and um, new different presentation elements and all of that stuff. Like there's still an excitement to it. So um, I actually um, took work off from that. I have vacation time I need to use. So I have like Thursday and Friday off this coming week. And I also have the following Monday off. So I'm going to be trying to get in some time modding and playing the game. The funny thing is, is that originally I was actually going away next weekend for a friend's uh, a Bucks weekend, a stag weekend, a bachelor weekend, what uh, depending on what you call it in uh, everyone's what everyone calls it in their neck of the woods, um, the the last party before he gets married, basically. Um, but with the current lockdown in Australia, we shall all be staying home. And, and indeed, unfortunately, my friend's wedding has been uh, postponed uh, due to the current situation with the pandemic here. Uh, so, uh, but on the, on the bright side, uh, that is, that, that fun will be going ahead at some point. And since I will be home with a game, I shall be playing a lot of NBA 2K22, I'm sure. And, uh, starting my review, cause I do want to do a written review again. It was kind of snark week for me with my articles this week, Derek. I'm not sure if you noticed, but I, every, everything from my, my fake review to, to my Friday five, a bit of snark this week. Uh, I was, I was a, little, a little bit snarky, but, uh, but I, yeah. I it's 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 I, I like it because it gives the the articles kind of um, bite. <laughs> I don't know flavor. Yeah, life and flavor, and um, use, it, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's used, so used yeah. properly. You know, it, too much snark is like okay, yeah, whatever, mate. But uh, used properly, I think it's one of those things that can add that bit of a comedic touch. And certainly, when we do, it lets off a bit of steam with frustration, and we can all commiserate together. But that being said, I am looking forward to the game, hoping for the best, and. Uh, since I will be home here in lockdown in uh, New South Wales, uh, I, sh- I shall be playing a lot of 2K22 and then drafting my review to get back to written reviews, but also getting on the podcast to talk about with you. And, and yeah, hopefully we've got some good things to talk about. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a full podcast, as it, it always is. Either but, way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Either way. Um, but, and, the, and the Parsec games don't stop, people. We'll still be doing that. But uh, a lot of news to cover this week, so it has been a bit of a longer show than usual. Almost getting to our old school two-hour episodes, Derek, just under that. Yeah, it's kind of my fault in that regard, just because I, I wanted to talk about the NLSC NBA Live 10 tournament and then also touch on you know, some modding stuff and, and everything. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of exciting things going on at the NLSC right now. 
So it's kind of hard not to talk about it. It is. And sometimes, and, you know, as always, we appreciate everybody for tuning in. Uh, we're going to do a mailbag segment this week. We did get a question this week about, uh, just wanted to give a quick shout out about basketball classics mods. It's great to see other people taking an interest in basketball classics and, and the idea of modding it. Hasn't really happened yet, but I mean, that's, that's, I would love to do this, Derek. And, and uh, shout out to Josh and Dave if you're listening to this episode. I would love to do like a super dunk shot custom roster for basketball classics where, where I do replace Jordan with, uh, with Mickey Jansen and just do all the, all the fake names, like full on proper uh, comical fake names for them. That's an idea I've had for basketball classics. Yeah, I did see a, a mod um, for a court uh, where they had the Celtics logo in the middle. I do know that for basketball classics. And I want to say that it was posted on the NLSC and the other basketball game section. Um, I'd have to go look at that again. I can't remember if it was Razor that did that before he boarded on with 2K um, and whatnot. But I, I know that it is moddable. And I want to say that I've seen a court for it. Um, but I don't think anybody's gotten real done a real deep dive into the possibilities of modding that game yeah but but pretty much but it's it's open to it we have a category in the download section for other basketball games so we, we definitely invite any mods uh, for anyone who wants to uh, to work that and hey we, we might throw some tutorials if we into it ourselves and so, so many projects to undertake Derek that sometimes it's uh, it's difficult to get to all of them but uh, the shout out to day day at underscore d3po on uh, on twitter for sending that in um did want to did want to get to that especially being about basketball classics and we, we love that game and uh and what josh and dave have done with it yeah it'd be nice to have them on the show again as always the open invitation if they're uh if they're crazy enough to come back and talk to us for a fourth time then uh, we certainly will uh invite them back with that uh, with open arms but with that being said that has brought us to the end of episode number 391 of the nlc podcast as i said a bit of a longer episode this week lots of news to cover lots of fun stuff going on in the community but uh, yeah, we really do appreciate our listeners, Derek, for tuning in and sticking with us through a, a long show. And yeah, I hope they've enjoyed it. Absolutely. And just keep an eye out on YouTube and whatnot for more gameplay videos from the NBA Live 10 tournament uh, and, you know, any other game um, that we're playing on Parsec with the community and whatnot and games that the community, community is playing in general. Because like I said, that's what it's all about. It's it, about community and it's about fun and and that's what it should be about. Absolutely, and that's what we want to celebrate on the podcast as much as we said on the show, how we do want to critique and, and to criticize when necessary, but we do want to celebrate and enjoy as well, and we hope that that has come across this week. The podcast comes out every Sunday, of course, on the NLSC, which is mb-live.com. We're also on all the major podcatching apps and platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, to name just a few. We're also on, uh, I believe, Amazon, what are they called? Amazon uh, Music? Amazon Audible. Right, yeah. So we're, we're on that. We're on a few platforms, all the major ones, I believe. Uh, on those platforms, search for NLC Podcast, look for our logo, and that will be us. And of course, we always appreciate reviews on the hopefully positive ones on the Apple Podcasts platform. And since we are wrapping up here, Derek, what are your socials and any other final words this week? No, uh, once again, thanks for uh, tuning into this podcast and thanks for tuning into the NBA Live 10 tournament and thanks for, you know, all your submissions for the top 10 and everything. Um, let's keep this going and, you know, keep all the community content coming because that's what it's all about. Uh, as far as I go, uh, tune in to Holding Court Ready for Three. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, CLNS Media, and Amazon Audible. Um, there's that Amazon Audible thing again. Uh, you can... Find me on Twitter, where I'm the most active at D for three eighty four and at D for three G, which is D for three gaming channel. Um, I'm on YouTube D for three as well, and I'm on NLC as a team member uh, D for three. 
As I mentioned at the top of the show, I am Andrew in the Forum, as I have been for 20 years now, and uh, Andrew NLSC on Twitter. The NLSC is on Twitter and Facebook at the NLSC, or on Instagram, NLSC Basketball. Our YouTube is youtube.com slash NBA Live Series Center. And of course, give a look to the NLSC itself, nba-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. But yes, that's all for this week, so thank you once again for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone. Somebody stop me!